Welcome to Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Bonner. Listen for commentary, interviews, and information on how to grow your business. For all the details, contact BusinessScaleInsightsNetwork.com. So, Empire Builders, are you ready? Here's Kimberly Bonner. Well, hello and welcome, Empire Builders, to another episode of Business Scale Insights. I am your host, Kimberly Bonner, and can you believe it? It's November, and we are continuing our series on all things related to HR and organizational culture and development. And with me today is Michael Schunk, who is President and Director of Employee Benefits with Employee Benefit Advisors. So say hello to the listening audience, Michael. Hello. I'm glad to be here today. <laughs> um, when I first met Michael, I thought to myself, I definitely want him on, on the program, particularly this month, because as many of you know who are entrepreneurs, particularly if you're living in South Florida, this is like the busy season in South Florida with tourism and hospitality and the ho- uh, the holiday season and restaurants. And a lot of people are either... Um, looking to add staff, um, definitely encourage their staff to stay. Uh, a lot of people are getting ready for the new year and trying to pivot and figuring out, well, you know, what can I do to make a better kind of culture? And so last week I had one of my dear friends on the show, Michael Wypock, and he talked about the importance of culture and people um, in growing any organization And today I wanted to talk about benefits, you know, uh, how can we actually encourage, you know, employees to stay with organizations, particularly when they're small businesses. So I want you to first, though, tell everybody who you are and um, what is the story of Michael Schunk? (laughs) Well, Kimberly, uh, I've been doing employee benefits for over 25 years, so I've been doing it for quite a while. But that really means little. It's really what you bring to the table with the experience. So I'm a certified employee benefit specialist. I also was selected by Florida Atlantic University to teach the benefits portion of their executive executive education program, which is entitled HR Compensation and Benefits. So I've done that for a while, and that's been very rewarding because I'm interacting with a lot of other professionals, other HR professionals. These are practitioners from very small companies to very large companies. And uh, the other thing that I could add in there uh, was that uh, uh, my work has been written up in best practices and compensation and benefits. So that's kind of like a nice little bragging point. But those bragging points, uh, as a practical matter, uh, don't get me much. But I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have worked with uh, many different companies in a wide variety of industries, dairy farms construction companies, CPAs, attorneys, manufacturing companies, physician groups, you know, et cetera. And I've worked with very small companies and very large companies. Oh, that is wonderful. That's the number one reason why I wanted you on the program, because I know you had a, a depth and a breadth of, of knowledge and you were on the ground working with a variety of, of businesses. And so you could pretty much answer any question that we have uh, much better than I um, kind of, what inspired you to get in this space, in this field? How did you 
you know, talk, share a little bit more about your story? Like, did you just wake up one day and say, I want to be an employee benefits expert? How did that happen? Well, first off, I consider myself more of an HR support role. Okay. And my goal is to make HR look good in front of the boss, be it the owner of the company, the CEO or the uh, CFO. I got into it uh, years and years ago after working for a Caterpillar tractor company and covering Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean. And there was a import restrictions based on the oil situation at the time. And none of our equipment or diesel engines were able to get into the countries because of those import restrictions. And so I looked for a new career and I just happened to stumble across, you know, uh, quote unquote insurance and insurance has a lot of different facets to it. And it was the financing part of it that attracted me. Plus the fact that I was frustrated inside of a large company and I was, you know, basically pitched that, hey, you can be your own boss, do your own thing. And I thought I was a lot smarter than I was. So I went ahead and got in (laughs) and because I thought it would be easy. And I I found out that running a business is very, very difficult. Very hard. Yes. So I, I had my own business. Then I merged with a regional firm. We got bought by a national firm. And I did just not like being inside of a large national firm. And so about 10 years ago, I broke back out and started my own business. And it's going great ever since. The rest, as they say, is history. Wow. Well, you know, I can imagine, because everybody's talking about how we have a really tight labor market right now, right? Like the best talent is really hard to get and. Everyone's claiming there's 100% employment practically. I, I'm not sure about that. But, you know, it, it, in light of this kind of environment, what is, in your opinion, is the greatest challenge to retain top talent in, in a tight or today's labor market? Well, d- definitely uh, finding talent is very difficult. And you want to only find it, but you want to be able to keep it. And uh, odds are, if you're a top performer, Either your uh, your one of your competitors, one of your vendors, or one of your clients knows it, and they're not going to be shy about their recruiting efforts. Right. You never know; they might even send send in a headhunter through the back door to talk about opportunities with your employee. You don't know it, but but absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I would have to say that that's one of the biggest items, and then beyond that. Uh, looking at operations and cost control and, and health insurance is generally the second, third, or fourth largest expense item for employers. And I think that employers need to be looking that, at that as more of a, uh, uh, a business unit instead of just giving it to somebody to, hey, go get me some quotes. They, they really need to address it as a cost unit within the company. Right. Well, in my opinion... Although I'm not an expert, but this show is called Business Scale Insights, and part of scaling is developing your workforce, right? Uh, your labor force. In this tight labor market, um, I think it's definitely necessary to do two things, but I know most of my um, employer, large business owners will not like what I'm saying. But at some point, compensation, and since you have a compensation background, you'll probably appreciate this. At some point, compensation has to increase, right? Like we've been really, um, you know, for the most part, wages have remained the same for a while. But when things get competitive, and this is the logician in me and the lawyer in me, you would think that in order to 
attract, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, better talent, Comp- there has to be some kind of move in compensation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but compensation can include several different things. Absolutely. One of those, the one that I obviously am very dear to is uh, is benefits, and I don't think that most employers do a very good job of communicating those benefits. I agree. It's not just okay. Uh, here's how much your insurance costs, and here's what we're paying. You say it once, it's out of sight, out of mind. I think that the, the you need to go back. You need to constantly remind people that, hey, we as a company, here's what we're doing for you in addition to the paycheck that you're getting. Tease that out a little bit more because I really want our our listening audience, particularly business owners, to lock down on this because a lot of times I don't think that based upon my conversations that I, I'm having with people, they don't really see the benefits, the insurance part as very enticing um, and a, a way to be much more competitive in a tight labor market. So when you're talking to an entrepreneur that's trying to scale or a business owner that's trying to scale and you're trying to help them um, be more competitive in the marketplace, tease out what you just said and really for our listening audience, drive it home because I feel like when I'm having conversations with people, they don't really get it, you know. Um, you know, unless things dramatically change uh, in the economy and the labor market, this issue has to be kind of dealt with. On the one hand, you're right; it is a cost. But on the other hand, if you want to retain top talent, there's got to be some type of benefit compensation piece. So tease it out a little bit more. Okay. Uh, well, the, the first thing is the visibility. You definitely want to make what you're doing known to your employees. And that's a very critical component. If you're not, if you're not promoting what you're doing within, then it gets lost on, uh, you know, the employees. And it's very easy for that employee to go look at op- opportunities elsewhere. How do they do that? How do well, they- that's a great question. I have one employer that has everybody has a web page, right? Mm-hmm. So why not create a, uh, a login for your employees where they can view all of their benefits to review their benefits? And I have one employer that has wait done a minute, that. wait a minute, wah, wah, wah. no, 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 no. I I remember being part of a large bureaucratic organization, and they would send you into this, you know, website and. You couldn't even read the website because the print was so tiny and it was like, oh, my God, it would take me, you know, a day to figure it out. So it can't just be a website, not to be the devil's advocate, as they say. Okay, I have a uh, plumbing contractor that has about 100 employees. They have speak both English and Spanish. Those employees log into their employee portal and it's a one pager. And it has both English and Spanish. It's very simple. I designed it for them so that they can get the oh, maximum. that's why it's genius. Well, okay. You're, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on that <laughs> that's one. Why, that's why it's genius. <laughs> it, it does the job. Right. All, uh, all of the uh, federally required benefit notices are listed. All the contact notices are listed. The employees... I, uh, they have access to me. That's not an issue for me. I help them out if something gets complicated. But the key is that they communicate it. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to get lost in 
the world of web pages. Just keep it simple. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry I interrupted you. So the but you were basically saying number one they need to promote these benefits within the organization to their employees, and I guess the logic is to number one make the employee realize, oh, you know, this is this is a really wonderful company in the sense of I'm getting a lot of value from from this company, and therefore I should stay. Is that the logic? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We're not promoting our benefits so that you can leave. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mentioned that I teach at Florida Atlantic University, and one of the points that I drive home with every uh, class that I have is, number one, you want to look and say, what do we want to communicate? Okay, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, who do we want to communicate it to? Answer, Answer those two questions and then you have to figure out how often are we going to communicate it because that's part of the tool also. If you just communicate it once a year, you're not doing uh, yourself or your employees a favor. You need to keep reminding them. So you want to know what you're going to promote, to who you're going to promote it, and how often you're going to promote it, so the, fr- the frequency. Wonderful. And so, and, and, and so when you are communicating to your um, to your your workforce, are you expecting, what if, what if you get some kind of negative feedback? Is it just down? Is it just a communication from the top down? Or is it more of a conversation? How? Because when you're talking about workplace communication, having been in large bureaucracies for a, a bit of my career, um, I've had negative experiences with that just being kind of spammed well, at. You, you, know? just, you just hit one of it. You said the, the fourth uh part is how you can how are you going to communicate right so some employees it's uh, website is fine other employees you have a let's say maybe a lunch and learn meeting there's different tools so you have to figure out what works best for your organization and how you're going to communicate that wonderful well i have to jump to a break but when we get back we're going to dive a little bit deeper and talk about what are the greatest hr concerns for employers in today's job and labor market. So we'll be right back. If you already have a proven business model, but have concerns about the best way to grow and scale, then you should contact the experts at New Day Consulting Systems. New Day uses innovative techniques to 10 times the impact of your business. Your local business can become a regional, national, or international enterprise. New Day Consulting Systems will show you how. For more information and to get started with New Day, visit the website at NewDayConsultingSystems.com. One word, NewDayConsultingSystems.com. To get your business off the ground and into orbit, contact New Day today. Everyone loves getting the royal treatment. It's a clear understanding of that simple fact that has enabled Royal Maid Service to grow from one location in 1992 to be one of the largest maid services in Florida. Now, Royal Maid Service is actively looking for the right entrepreneurs for franchise opportunities in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Jacksonville, and Bonita. Royal Maid Service was founded by an English couple and operates on the centuries-old tradition of proper English service. If you are a strong entrepreneur looking to provide superior service to discerning clients, Royal Maid Service would like to speak with you. Call 800-577-5947. 
Again, that's 800-577-5947 to speak with a representative. This advertisement is not an offer to sell a franchise. That offer can only be made through our franchise disclosure document. And we are back. This is Business Skill Insights with your host, Kimberly Bonner. And we, in the month of November, we've been talking about all things related to your workforce development and HR issues. And I have on the show with me today, Michael Shank, who is the president and director of employee benefits with employee benefit advisors. And we were just, we were going to talk and pivot about what in his opinion is the greatest kind of big human resource employee benefit concern for employers or business owners today. Well, as we mentioned in the previous segment, uh, attracting and retaining employees, that that has to be the number one issue. Uh, But beyond that, uh, challenges that I see that face businesses are operational efficiency and cost control. And if you look at cost control, health insurance, as I mentioned previously, is one of the top expenditures for any company. So that's where I focus. And, uh, you know, what I try to do is creating saving strategy, if you will, for uh, health insurance that uh, can help those employers with that budget item. All right. So what are those, if I'm, if I'm looking to scale and I deal with restaurants all the time and this issue is a big deal for restaurants, uh, what would you suggest related to insurance and all these kinds of benefits? What, what are some of the strategies that you would um, suggest to a business owner who is a budding restaurateur looking to have 10 locations in South Florida? Aside from contacting me, of course they would con. They would that would be my first suggestion. That would be well, my first suggestion. You know, seriously, uh, two of the most frequently overlooked areas of insurance are partially self-funded health plans and health reimbursement accounts. Uh, everybody's familiar with the fully insured ins- insurance program. You pay in your premiums at the end of the year. If you don't have any claims, you don't get any money back. But think about a plan that would have a level premium, just like a fully insured insurance program does, that at the end of the year, if you had low claims or less than anticipated claims, you would actually get a refund. And I have uh, a great example. I have a client that has only 10 employees on their insurance plan. Last year, they got back $10,000. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, it was it, the owner was thrilled. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and I have another client that this year is going to get back $13,000, and they have 14 employees. Uh, the key is that you have to be able to assess whether it makes sense for the company or not, and it is partially self-funded. I kind of want to explain that a little bit. Everybody is very familiar with fully insured, mm-hmm. and everybody is probably familiar with self-funding. That's when you bear all the risk. Yes. Well, large or sm- smaller companies can't afford to bear all the risk. So what you have to do is determine how much risk you can bear and design the plans uh, accordingly. Wow, that is wonderful. So do you have any more information related to that? Well, the other one that I mentioned is uh, a health reimbursement account. And I put this kind of in the category of tax-advantaged health care. In other words, let's use the tax laws to our benefit to lower uh, health care costs. 
and health reimbursement accounts, there's a, these are employer-funded plans for which the employees are reimbursed on a tax-free or qual- for qualified medical expenses, okay? HRAs are highly underutilized and represent a great savings opportunity for the employer. It's a form of self-funding, except you're targeting very specific areas of healthcare. A great example is hospital stays. Your company might increase the cost of a hospital, say, from $3,000 to $5,000. Well, when you increase that hospital stay, the, the, the deductible for that hospital mm-hmm. stay, you're also uh, savings, uh, saving on the premiums for the health insurance. So what you want to do is you want to set aside those premium savings, and they can be used to reimburse the, the difference that that employee is going to pay for their uh, hospital stay, that deductible. So you're, you're the first $3,000 are still in the employee. Mm-hmm. The next $2,000, the employer is creating a health reimbursement account so that they can reimburse any, any uh, employee or dependent that goes into the hospital. They, that next $2,000 is on the employer. And they have to set up a, uh, a, a, an account to be able to do that. But the savings uh, is going to come from the higher deductible. Is that making sense? You following sort me? Sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of. Um, but with that higher deductible, do you get feedback from uh, the workforce, from workers, from employees about? It goes back to the communication. Okay. The employee knows that they st- they still have the lower deductible. The employer is going to reimburse that den- that difference. Oh, okay. So in the example that I gave, the employee still has the three thousand dollar deductible. Okay. That's what their out of pocket expense is going to be. The employer will reimburse the difference between the three thousand and the five thousand. And because most people don't go to the doc, don't don't go to the hospital every year, what you've done is you've targeted a high cost item, and. Uh, w- that's also very low utilized. So a low utilized high cost item is being targeted. Okay. Well, let's also talk about the elephant in the middle of the room since we're talking about insurance and healthcare, ACA. I'm sure you hear employers just complaining about it all the time. Um, you know, is it is it something that you find is just kind of destroying businesses uh, from your from your vantage point? By now, most of the employers have adjusted. And there were a few th- good things that came out of the ACA. Most of them I really wasn't in favor of. Uh, however, uh, employers that are trying to attract and retain talent, we, we keep going back to that theme. <laughs> and it's kind of basic. They have to be able to provide health insurance. So the compliance is the, the key for any business. They have to be able to know what the rules and regulations are so they can meet them. So if they get a knock on the door from the DOL, that's the Department of Labor, then they can satisfy exactly what they're looking for. So are they, when someone reaches out to you, do they reach out to you because they want to become compliant or maybe they want to find an alternative path? How can you help them navigate this very complex kind of environment? Well, well, nobody reaches out to me because they're compliant. Looking for compliance. Okay. As much as they should. <laughs> they, I figured that, but I wanted I wanted they, to find out. They reach out because they're trying to save money. Right. All right. 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 They really ignore all the compliance issues. 
but I have to provide <laughs> that for them whether they realize it or not. So that's something that I bring to the table that is really underappreciated, <laughs> but it does keep them out of trouble. I've walked clients through Department of Labor. Uh, uh, As a former audits. attorney, I completely feel your pain. I yeah. understand what you're and going through. Any time that they get a letter from the uh, DOL or any form of government, they send it to me and I take care of it. Wonderful. Well, I'm I'm excited that we're kind of closing out there because I want um, business owners to be able to reach out to you so they don't get in hot water <laughs> with the Department of Labor or just helping them just, you know, create a better workforce and a better company. So if someone wants to reach out to you, Michael, and get more information about all the wonderful services that you provide, how can they reach out? Well, before I give out my contact information, I want to add a very important point. The DOL, the DOL issued a new rule that allows employers to join together to offer group health insurance. Oh, yes. The rule allows health plans to be formed based on an industry or geography. Um, this could be a very useful tool to improve and lower health care costs. Those, these are association health plans. So if anyone's interested in learning about these, I encourage them to contact me. My contact information, I'll give you my email, is info, I-N-F-O, at echo, bravo, alpha, foxtrot, lima.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us today. And folks, I'm sure you learned far more than you ever expected for, to learn about employee benefits on a, on a radio program. But uh, that's what we're here to do. So here's to your success and have a wonderful week. You have been listening to Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Bonner. To get her personal attention to you and your empire, go to businessscaleinsightsnetwork.com. That's businessscaleinsightsnetwork.com. And tune in again next week for more from Kimberly Bonner with Business Scale Insights.